0: And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi,
1: everyone. I'm Joanna. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. This week's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking to my friend x mayo she is an incredible actor writer performer she's been on the daily show she currently is on nbc's american auto she's literally all over the place she's killing it i would have loved to have recorded an intro with her but to be honest we started recording and we immediately started catching up and forgot it was a podcast she's just one of the funniest people i've ever met in my life and in this episode we talk about her you know career trajectory and and trauma and all that but to be totally honest we mostly just made each other laugh. And by each other, I mean that she made me laugh. Her stories are the most mind-blowingly hilarious things you've ever heard from her working as a TSA agent to her dad's abandonment. All of these stories are just riddled with hilarity. So without further ado, my conversation with ex Mayo.
2: <laughs>
1: Last time I saw you, you had a jug of water the size of like a toddler and there it is. There it is, and I've
2: been I've been stopping because I'm like I'm gonna have to pee every two minutes. This is not gonna be called the Pee Pee Podcast because I'm gonna keep going and fucking pee. I was like, let me not, let me hold off on the hydration until I talk to Joanna. You know, you're
1: you're so you're so talented. You have so many talents, and I think one of your talents is hydration. You're incredibly Truly. good at holding canisters of liquid and ingesting them at a timely matter.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> x yes. When the producer of the podcast was like, "Oh yeah, we have the opportunity to uh to interview X Mayo." I was like, "Um, yeah, she's like I feel like <laughs> like, like that's not even a question. I I get it. I get a I got an hour to talk to my friend." Yeah. Because like, you know, I think me and you maybe we didn't know each other too well when we were both like trying to make it in New York, but I mm-hmm. knew of your work. Like I knew of the shows that you were doing in New York. I knew that like mm-hmm. you were, you were just this powerhouse, Um, not only for yourself, but of putting oh, wow. other people forward and helping other people. You, you produced a live show called who made the potato salad. Mm-hmm. um, And it brought all of these comedians of color in one place. And, and at a time where, I mean, you know, there was a lot of conversations about like, you know, a lot of these com- comedy uh, theaters are having trouble with diversity. And then you came out and it was like, all right, like... <laughs> here's me and
2: here's a bunch of funny people. Well, because I think that's bullshit. I just think people are fucking lazy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, there's there's, there's black people and funny ass POCs every fucking where you turn, especially in New York, where it's literally designed for you to be on top of each other. Like, literally, execs could find a comedian, honestly, sitting on top of them in a train. Like, they're literally <laughs> right fucking there. So I can understand if you're in, like, California or Nebraska, I believe that's still a... State, and <laughs> if you go there, you know it's like so far out. But it's like in fucking New York, we're literally a rat. Can be like, yeah, I know where stand up comedy is happening this weekend. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So that still was crazy to me because being from LA and then moving to New York, I'm like, the process to find motherfuckers is so much easier. What? what mm-hmm. Why are we not in these clubs? But I come from a mother in a background that is very adamant about presenting solutions to problems and not more problems. So I don't need for no one to put me on. It was like, okay, cool. This is what the fuck y'all doing. Well, let me figure out the structure. And then once I did the UCB Diversity Scholarship and I was immersed into the whole program I was like oh this is why our numbers are so low with diversity because from the gate we're not supported and we don't see ourselves in these teachers or in these classrooms so in order to finish the program to be eligible to audition to be on a fucking house team where you really get the benefits of being at UCB we're not even finishing the program so I was like okay but what if we knew that there was some other black people or other POCs that were trying and we're in the trenches with them so that's when I started the POC comedy google group it started out with just me going to every fucking theater from UCB to magnet to the pit to annoyance and being like whatever every time I saw a black person I was like what's your fucking name what's your email (laughs) and then from that list everybody could pitch other people to add to the list and then it grew to over 400 and what I was doing was I was going to the teachers at UCB asking them to donate their time because the UCB Diversity Scholarship is only administered to 35 people in five categories, LGBTQ, black, queer, people over 40 and disabled. So out of those five, how many black people are like, you know, like are getting these fucking scholarships. So I wanted people to be able to continue the program and we needed shit for free, that's just it. We live in fucking New York where chips are $7. You know, like it's just, ridiculous. (laughs) ridiculous. ridiculous you in the is- morning by a whole entourage of rats and it's <laughs> like fucking it's snowing to your knees and you're just like yeah this is this is what it is so yeah i i i have a problem that when i see something in my head it has to come to volition like then i won't stop until it does because i just know how precious time is so, yeah, so that's how that happened. And then Potato Salad was birthed in 2017. For that same reason, too, I just was like, I want to do stuff with my people, period. You know, I knew of you because of, of your show. And
1: then one day I was, you know, improvising for a Spanglish or actually a Spanish language improv uh, team. And you mm-hmm. were one of the people that came to do a monologue. Yeah. And- I didn't know you were Latina. Uh Uh-huh. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God, all this time. No,
2: don't be. Girl, everybody thought I was Dominican. Girl, in L.A., it's based on location. When I'm in L.A., everybody know I'm black and Mexican. Like, that's just what it is. Like, I made friends with the dude at Burger. His mama's Mexican. His pops is black. Like, it's so common. My aunts all have black husbands, black ch- uh, fathers to their children, same with my atheos. And so, it's so common. But in New York, they were like, mama, there's so many kind. I'm like, no, I'm Mexican. They were like, what? <laughs> it, it depends on just the location of where you are. So, please don't feel bad. I, that totally makes sense to me. Also, too, like, I was raised so heavily in and around black culture, like, it's like not my second nature to like even speak Spanish. You feel me? So I get. I I, I don't hold that against you. I, that makes sense to me. So one one of your parents is Mexican.
1: One of your parents is black.
2: Yeah, my mom is Mexican. My dad is black.
1: Because I remember in the uh, monologue that you were giving us, you you mentioned your upbringing. You mentioned being Mexican. And I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. I've literally never met an Afro Mexican before. I just hadn't. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. were like, a, it, it, truly, it's it's, it's a rare... on
2: location because where are you from, John? Venezuela. Yeah. So you were there. And then you came to New York where literally the only Mexicans I found, the only quality tacos, and I don't give a fuck with nobody in New York State, was in East Elmhurst. I had to take the fucking <laughs> seven train, the purple train above ground to one hundred and thirty. Like, we're just not there. So, yeah. And there are actual black mexicans that are indigenous to mexico but because racism is everywhere they didn't start even dotting them in their census, and that they were actually members of the population until like a year or two years ago i mean yeah <sighs> racism i mean that little bitch she's just fucking she's a whore racism is a whore it's fucking everywhere little bitch it's everywhere. you know racism is
1: racism is a whore but you know she's not particularly giving you know at least she's whores not. are giving no.
2: yeah. <laughs> truly yes she's there to take
1: you know yeah yeah so i remember in this monologue that you gave in the show that i was improvising you told this story that i think blew my mind because i didn't know you worked as a tsa agent
2: yes oh my god for a little over two years
1: because you said that like that was the craziest job you had had
2: kind of yeah 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 well yeah i mean were you dealing with bombs and shit yeah (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i guess this would be yeah
1: and what was the craziest thing that happened to you as a TSA agent?
2: Okay, th- what monologue did I tell? I didn't tell my TSA monologue, right? Because I don't want to tell the same story. I think I, I I don't think you did. For listeners out there, when you were hustling in New York doing comedy and improv and sketch, I literally would do sometimes two shows a night, six days a week. I remember that said. I remember that I did that show, but I have no idea what I said.
1: All I remember truly is like, oh my god, she worked as a TSA agent, and oh my god she's so funny like
2: you were you <laughs> oh,
1: I don't remember you. the details I, all I remember was like this woman has done everything like oh no, I've my god every
2: job Joanna that's why when you say craziest I'm like well you know I've I've just I mean I was working at a truly a place that I, I have no idea if it was even a real place. It's like, I didn't even get like tax return info for it. And then when I called the IRS, they were like, girl, I got shit down. We even think about you You make no money, girl. Get off my phone. Like how, cause I was trying to be like an honest law-abiding citizen. And I've worked at so many like call centers and shit. You, girl, you be friends. But I would say at TSA, I've told the story before about it was my last fucking day, okay. I was quitting Joanna. I was like, you know what, we are fucking, going at acting full throttle because i had quit acting because obviously the rejection which is Mm -hmm. so fun and i was being rejected since i was auditioning as an adolescent and then i got to my early 20s i was like fuck this shit but then i was like no i'm gonna go back i'm gonna do it right so last day quitting this is my last day of work i see this bitch coming through and they train us so well on just even body language, right? And so from her body language, I was like, this bitch got something. Oh my and God, are you serious?
1: You- Wait, ex, ex, can you look at someone and say like, oh, there's yeah. something shady here? Are you serious?
2: Oh yeah, to this day, <gasps> to this day, it never leaves you. I mean, I went through eight months of training. There are people, <sighs> you know, I don't I don't think I'm privy because I signed a bunch of shit. I didn't read it because I was stupid, but I signed a bunch <laughs> of shit, so I'm thinking I could tell you the name but there are people who look like me and you that are not dressed, that are walking around the airport, that are just looking at body language.
1: Oh my God, that makes me yeah. so anxious. Now I'm going to try and act <laughs> so cool
2: and that I'm gonna, I'm
1: just going to be walking really chill we'll see, in the airport. let's we'll see,
2: Joanna, and that's what they go, this is a terrorist like activity. Get, this is, it's a cold tan. Get this bitch. <laughs> if you come in switching them shoulders like that, I'm like, she's got a condition or she's got a bomb. What is it? Maybe she's a dancer, maybe she's the A terrorist. I, don't know. I, I yes. One of those two
1: options. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so when I was watching this bitch shot, I was like, okay, so she has got some shit. I, I already knew. So I was pissed because I'm like, it's my fucking last day. And I'm like, send her in. So when they sent her in, she had on this like long flowy dress or whatever right and also it was already suspect because she's going to Miami certain places are hot spots for you know like drug trade and they use like she was she was very pretty very attractive they use like bad bitches like that as like decoys Mm -hmm. so when she came through when I like swipe her down you know when I do the check when this was in 2010 so way before you know they had that uh whatever goddamn machines they have that you go and you put your hands up like a damn Yeah, it, it looks like you're mannequin. going into
1: like an alien UFO. It's like yeah, true. the, it's the, like, the yeah, scanner. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, right. It was before then. So we was scanners, right? Mm-hmm. So I went and, and then they teach us, you know, when you do pat downs, I have the right to, you know, just graze your sensitive area, a.k.a your pussy so when I was when I was like doing that I felt something I said oh shit this bitch got something and they teach us that when you find something grab it okay no. you hold it you got to hold it because Joanna I have to it could be a bomb and I know how to disarm that shit in point five seconds okay
0: Mm. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego.
2: You know how to disarm a bomb? Low key, low key. (laughs) I never really had to do it. But they was like, "Hey, if it's like this, this is where you find the detonator. It's usually here. You Whoa. can do this, can do that, girl. You know why we came, okay? We don't need to talk about that date, okay? Mm, no, was, but I also uh, want yeah. you. To,
1: I want to travel with you, only because <laughs> I know I'd survive.
2: <laughs> Truly." So when I when I did it, I I held it right right on the couch, and I and I held it, and I said, "Miss, what is this?" Mind you, I was so done because it's my last day, and I know you didn't bring no shit in here on my last day. Yeah. I felt it was personal because I'm yeah. quitting, right? Mm-hmm. So I hold it, and she was like, "Oh, it's just a tampon." I said, "I need to see it." <gasps> she th- wait, it's just a tampon on the outside. Yeah. First of all, bitch, I ain't never seen it. This is a ex ex girl. How much how much are you bleeding? You are bleeding. <laughs> You are bleeding. I mean, gallons of blood. You need to go to the ER. Yeah, truly. Or bitch, you don't know how to put on a fucking tampon. It's supposed to go up your pussy, not touch it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, and she was like, she looked at me like, "What?" I was like, "Yes, miss." I was like, "I need to see it." And she was like, "Oh no, no, no." And I was like, "Well, you're exhibiting terrorist-like activity, so please don't touch your bags." And so then, as we're walking over, she was just like okay 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 it's weed and I said okay well let me see it so then we go in a room with a, a private room with another female officer she pulls out her paintings and then she like pops out an old school fucking camera case you know like when we used to have camera like with the like kodak uh, up it huh? up it was up it was up it was up well not up because I felt it so she really doesn't know the power of it bitch it could go all the way up there I would have yeah. never would have never known and so she pops it out and it has a picture, no cap, no cap. It has the picture of fucking Steve Urkel with his thumbs up that says, did I do that? No, I can't make this shit up. No, you cannot. can't make this shit up. So she's freaking out. I'm like, and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking this ain't real. I'm thinking that because oftentimes Department of Homeland Security will do tests randomly. So I'm thinking that this is not real. So I go up to our manager. I'm like, "Okay, Moistess, all right, on my last fucking day, you got me, okay." Who is this bitch? She sent from headquarters. Like, X. No, you actually caught something. You caught her, and I had to fill out hours of fucking paperwork for this bitch. I was so pissed. And then airport police came. And airport police, mind you, they don't do a fucking thing. They are, oh my god, they are just, scum. They literally are retired officers who work at the airport and get paid nearly six figures just to sit there. And then, when some shit go down, that they, then they really come. But they're all very like disgusting and just look at ass and do this all day. And so they were so excited <laughs> to like fucking like do something. something. And it was like, and it was like a dime sack of weed. And I was like, I'm really mad at you because. If you have a medicinal card and you would just put this in a fucking plastic bag, I would have saw this shit, checked your car. You could have been on your fucking merry way. This is goddamn yeah. LA shit. Shit been legal before it was legal. Okay, yeah. like don't nobody yeah. get fuck. So yeah, that was my last day. I would say that was one of the craziest days of working at TSA. But you know what's, what was consistently crazy though, Joanna? When I was working at Terminal One Southwest, oh my God, baby, just ratchet fucking city. The people that come through Southwest versus American Airlines and Delta one night and day. Really? Yes. When I would work OTS Southwest, nothing but prostitutes. Now, mind you, I support sex work. Definitely should be unionized. Because if you suck and dick that much, you need to be able to go to that dentist. Period. (laughs) I just don't give a fuck. Like, I just, it's fucked up. It's work. It's work. It is. I agree. Give
1: these these people, like, health care. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, but my thing was they would just be funny. They are funny. Mm. So they one girl came through, and I knew it was I knew she was a sex worker because she would just have her little thudun and like her little um, I'm sorry, can you can you
1: translate thudun Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> in L. A. we say that like thudun thudun, so she got like Daisy do shorts on like her little thudun mm. like she just got her little basically Jean panties, okay? Oh, I know those. They scare me. Yeah, yeah, truly. I'm like, to me, that screams yeast infection. Like, I just, hey, I feel like, oh, my God. Like, I'm going to, like, grow bread out of my pussy. Like, oh I my can't God. put, I can't put that shit in X me. you're it's killing giving me. Yeast. I'm seriously going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then, so then, Joanna, she has, like, this, like, the, you know, like, Selena, the Busti de la Caca. She had that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, she's traveling, and she just has, like, this little duffel bag, and when it comes through, I mean, it is just penis cream. Penis, it's just lube, oh, dildos, wow. all of that. I mean, she's coming prepared. She's coming, She's a prepared worker. I know, but baby, this lube is too big.
1: Oh, cause now, of I the- I support you. Mm.
2: So I would I would hook them up though, because I ain't trying to fuck up her money. Mm-hmm. And so she would just come, they would just come through all the time. And when it was too big, I'm like, sis, I'm not gonna fuck up your bag. Let me test it for explosives and then I'll let you take your shit. Like I was always nice. I always at every job, Joanna, mm-hmm. truly, I was like fucking Robin Hood. Like I would take mm-hmm. from the rich to give to the poor. If when I worked at the Grove at the movie theater, if you came to my line on the um the snacks mm-hmm. and you came there to my counter and you was on a day, I'm giving you super size everything. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm giving you extra
2: if you was a kid, I'm giving you two candies. I'll give fuck. I'll give, like I'll because I know this shit's about to expire or like you're on a date like who gives a fuck like I don't give like people people who I knew cared too much about those jobs because I worked at Starbucks I worked at Old Navy I was a nanny I was a janitor I've done everything mm-hmm. people that care so much about that shit or like when I was working at Starbucks people would like, like we would be turning the whole store over from Halloween to fucking Thanksgiving. So we have all these extra cups. And we could ship them out. Or they're like, you could take some home. I would give some to some of my favorite customers. We'd be like, why are you giving it to them? And I'm like, why don't why you not? have any friends? You need to get a fucking life. I think
1: what I've always been so entranced by you is you've done a lot in your short life and, mm-hmm. you know, you worked really hard to make it to where you've made it. I mean, you've worked every oh, yeah. job you've done, you've done so much, but every crazy story you tell me is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> entire life. Oh,
2: Joanna, you so
1: sweet. It really is a testament to how like, like sad or traumatic or ridiculous mm-hmm. or bizarre things that happen to you, like that feeds your comedy. And you're just naturally programmed to to tell stories from your ridiculous past, but make them, make them hilarious.
2: Yeah, I mean I have to because some shit is so ridiculous. Like I remember when I finally found the comedy and the trauma of my father not being there. Mm-hmm. And there's this one story that I told my homegirl. And I guess and this was before I pursued comedy. Like I've always been a nut, always class clown. But I would never forget this day. So okay, so my my birth father, terrible human being. Mm -hmm. but there were moments when he actually was in my life. He would pop in and out or whatever, right? So I would never fucking forget this shit. I was like, this motherfucker is the worst goddamn person in the world. We went to go see The Grinch Stole Christmas. I was about a cute 11, 12, super hype, finally gonna spend time with my pops, like, let's go, right? Mm -hmm. I love nachos, and I was like, got my nachos, got my icy, now mind you, like, that's like, fucking lobster and steak to 12 year olds. Like, you got your Sour Patch Kids, your nachos, your icy (laughs) tooth flavors, okay? You my Coke and my red because I'm grown, right? So I had that. I go to the restroom, Joanna, I go to the restroom. I come back, this motherfucker ate all my nachos. And I said, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the kicker. I said, Dad, I was like, why did you eat my, my nachos? He was like, well, you went to the restroom. I said, did you think I wasn't going to come back? Like, I remember telling him that shit. And it's the most fucked. Like, who the fuck eat a child's nachos? He was like, because you went to the restroom. Is that an exit, nigga? Like, what's the I mean, fuck? for him, maybe it
1: was. For him, he probably used that excuse to leave you.
2: <laughs> Truly, that's what happened. Like, my mama went to the restroom. He fucked another bitch. Like, he's just like, when you went to the restroom... I was just like, what the fuck? Like it just it was it was crazy to me. I was just kinda like, how his his reasoning, the logic, it was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's the moment you
1: were like, oh my God, me and you don't think alike. Yeah. You thought going to the bathroom was me piecing out forever.
2: <laughs> yeah, because that's what the fuck he did. He was his shit. And you know what's crazy as a kid, certain things like you never forget, like Certain like ways, I realized that he did not know me, and he was not like I know your title says dad, and my mom says that you're my dad, and I know that you're my dad, but like there's just a disconnect. And I remember when because I fucking hate condiments, Joanna. I did not fuck with condiments. <laughs> I was not expecting you to finish that sentence
1: with condiments. <laughs> it's like I fucking hate abandonment. I was like, okay, yeah, me too. It's like I fucking hate I fucking condiments.
2: Hate condiments. <laughs> no, seriously mayonnaise it makes me gag like the side of it i have some friends who are really really sweet and you do not have to do this like people like it is my shit you do not have to do this but some of my friends are really kind and they will like if they put ketchup on their fries or like on a side and they're dipping they'll turn the the plate to where i can't see it or like smell like the side oh. of it like it does it's like a it's like a texture and like i literally gag. like the side of mayonnaise makes me throw up like i cannot
1: I, wait 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 X, the sight of mayonnaise makes you throw up. And I know your name doesn't come from mayonnaise, obviously. But do people (laughs) accidentally call you X Mayo Mayo. as in mayonnaise?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course,
1: all the time. But you you must hate that. You must hate that more than anything.
2: No, 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 I don't. Because sometimes it's just like, it's too much. That's why, you know, I go by X because my first name. And I'm starting to, like, reconcile with that. Like, how I've, like, just, you know, code switched and adapted or adjusted myself to fit the white gaze because I'm so annoyed when somebody who is not of, you know, Latin descent or just somebody that's just like, and they'll fuck up your name mm-hmm. and it's X is so much easier. And then like so many white people love to tell me as soon as I tell them my name, like that they've been to Xochimilco or they're like, they like to tell me like how they're gonna adopt a little Mexican baby. Like it's always a fucking <laughs> conversation. They're like, yeah, I'm going down there to pick up some Mexican babies. Like, it's just like, I can't fucking with this shit. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, renegotiating, like using my actual full name. Which is Sochi? Mm -hmm. Interesting. And, and so I'm just like, because I do love my name. I think my name is the shit. I love my name. I love how unique it is. I was going to do the white
1: person thing and say, oh, I've been to (laughs) Sochimilco. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: It's different for you. It's different for you. Like, you're literally Latina. Like, I'm talking about, you know, Molly from Toledo, Ohio. So, yeah, so when they say mayo, I'm like, listen, that's the least of my words. Like, Mm. I I, I get that. You know, like, it's just mayo, mayo, tomato. tomato.
0: Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest.
2: So I was saying that thing about the condiments because my dad had came to summer school. Like, we do have what's called vacation Bible school. Like, if you grow up in church, specifically in Black church, like, summertime vacation Bible school is, like, the time where school ends and then, like, you can start, like, summer camp after that. Mm-hmm. So when he, I, I was so fucking geeked, Joanna, because I was like, he is going to bring me Burger King. And, you know, when you get fucking Burger King, fucking mm. 10 years old, I'm hitting with the flex, like,
0: fucking your Lunchables.
2: You're Period. I'm Burger King. Everyone needs to bow down. I got fucking Burger King bitch. Yes, and I'm like, yes. I'm I'm killing you hoes. Like what? Like not Burger King. Goodbye peasants. He brings me Burger King, Joanna. He brought it with mayonnaise and ketchup. I opened that shit and like gagged in my head. I was like, this motherfucker don't know me. Mm-hmm. But I said, I, I closed it and I looked at him and I said, I don't eat mayonnaise and ketchup. <gasps> and he was like, well, you could just wipe it off. I said, no. And that's how I knew. Cause like my mama knows any and everything about me. Like she right. knows that I like the cheese, not on the bread. I like it directly on the patty and like give me aguacate immediately. And like, so my mom like did her best and she always encouraged a relationship with my dad but it's only so many times I'm gonna sit on that fucking porch and your ass supposed to come on a Friday night and then you don't come, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of comedy that I've experienced that now I see it through a comedic lens, a lot of trauma that I'm able to deal with and laugh about and and not not laugh about it in like in a passive aggressive way, but just like, listen, th- life is fucking hard. If I don't laugh through this shit, now mind you, I have a therapist, I deal with my shit. If I don't laugh through this mm-hmm. shit, Joanna, I'll, I fucking jump off a goddamn bridge. I not, No one wants that. No one wants that. No, truly. Because I'd probably land. I'd probably <laughs> land and be like, fuck, let's go back. Guys, let's do it again. Everybody gather around. <laughs> I feel like if I tried to jump off a bridge and die, that's what would happen. I would land and God would be like, go back. <laughs> like, you gotta, I'm y- such an idiot. <laughs>
1: What's the name of that like Greek story of the guy that keeps pushing Sisyphus, or that keeps pushing the rock up? Oh. That's just you trying to jump off a building over I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over your word over. for it. I'm not. <laughs> I do not do any college.
2: I am not a college well, graduate. Well, you're I'm brilliant. So sorry,
1: you're brilliant, and like you're so open with trauma and all of these you know complex feelings and i'm curious because right now you're you know you're you're an actor in american auto and i think you're hilarious in it by the way and i'm not just saying that i've watched a few episodes and you are so funny X. like Um. it, it feels like a real person and i'm curious like do you bring yourself to that character like what
2: what what of you do you bring to that character yeah, I think I bring some mannerisms to the mm-hmm. character. Dory is definitely far more aloof. Like I'm so efficient, I would have quit episode one. Like I was, was gonna a, say, you do know what the fuck she's doing. Yeah, you I would have went like, and started my own f- dead company. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fuck, yeah, I what the fuck is my this own car? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just would have it would have been bad. I have been like, oh, bitch, I'm, uh, uh, we got to go. But like Dory really is sometimes a Sometimes she talks out of turn. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes she she really like means well. Um, I love an episode two, I believe, when they're like, what's some good news? And I'm like, you know, my grandma, you know, she just died. You know, it's just like, but she died, but she made it to her ninety-fifth birthday. So guys, it's good, good, good. This is like, Dory, this is not helpful. Like she, in her mind, she thinks she's being helpful, but she's really not. Um, But yeah, I definitely bring mannerisms to Dory that are really come from me and really come from a personal place. And I think too, the fact that like Dory is resourceful, mm-hmm. that's something That's very much so within me as well. Like she's going to help figure it out. She's, she's there for the team. Like what go team, what the fuck do we need to get shit popular? Which, which you've done
1: ever since the beginning of life. And then in New York (laughs) with, with the shows and everything I've seen you do. It's funny because I think the first time we ever worked together was on a set where you were like just working at an office <laughs> and i it, i i kind of yes! got like i got like yes. flashbacks because the first time i ever saw you in my life you were sitting at an office like picking mm-hmm. up phones and stuff and i'm like oh my god she's in an office that's great and then i remembered that that scene that we did together it was just me consecutively falling on the floor and you being like what the fuck happened to this bitch <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. and and I, I had this flashback of like, oh, my God, I've been on set with her. And I remember how funny you were. And I remember how every time we took that take, you would say something funnier and you were at you were adding to the scene. And as I was watching you on screen, I could just tell that you were you were bringing so much flavor to everything you were you were saying and even when you weren't saying anything and the camera was on you you were funny
2: oh thank you yeah i think that's a testament to our directors and also um i say this in every interview like i really appreciate our writers because if the script is not strong, I don't really know where to go because the script is the foundation. Like I always say, the script is the house. The improv is the pool table. Like Mm -hmm. you can't do shit with just the pool table. You need a fucking foundation, a house, a bathroom, a door, a kitchen, a bedroom, you know? And so my my stuff is just a little cherry on top. Like they work, extremely fucking hard and did an Mm -hmm. amazing job. And I pray that we get to do it for, you know, eight more fucking seasons. But like, I think I improvise. I played so much in my audition. To any actors listening out there, I think what's been my go-to, what has helped. And I think even when I haven't booked stuff, I've gotten really close. I've gotten pinned or they end up booking me for not this TV show, but for a movie. was that I treat every audition like the fourth take. And if you're not an actor, it's like you do the take maybe one two three times and you do it like verbatim as it is mm-hmm. and they always say some directors like let's do a fun runner let's do it let's do it like x just do your thing i treat every self-tape and audition like they said x do your thing because you're you're gonna get the takes of me just saying the thing but if you wanted a fucking robot that's who you would hire you're gonna hire me because of what i can bring to it so no i'm not gonna change the entire script but i'm gonna play i'm gonna be dropped in i'm gonna do my thing so That's what I've done that's helped me. And because you're an actor, I know you have some artists listening. So hopefully that will be helpful to another person listening. Um, It's helpful to
1: me. I struggle so much (laughs) with auditions. I've literally never booked anything because of an audition other than like voiceover work. And I think it's because of what you just said. I don't have fun with them. And how we have fun with life and how we have fun with trauma and how we have fun with all of these things.
2: Like, how could we not have fun with an audition for God's sake? Joanna, cut it up. And also too, like sometimes because like you're a comedian and a writer too, like you, we have a fucking third eye. We see the joke. I've done like really drama heavy shit. And just one line, not, not the whole thing, but just one line. I'm going to add a joke at the end. You know, like I don't give a fuck bitch. Even in Save a Private Ryan, there was one moment where you laughed. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like comedy <laughs> in anything that you see, like there's going to be some moments or like some type of comedic. Moments in that, so just find that. Don't force it. If you don't see it at all, then if it's not you know genuine and true mm-hmm. for you, then don't. But I would suggest that, like, you want to treat every fucking self tape, every audition, like it's the fourth take because they want you. Like, there's never been a gig that I booked that they haven't been like, "X, we love what you did. You just did your thing." Like, and I always have a prop that's kind of like my like like mm-hmm. my little trick like I don't if I'm at a club I got a glass of wine like when I did an audition for a movie that I just uh wrapped last year and she saw these specific potato chips and she was eating them I had my reader my homeboy he held the chips I grabbed the chips and I was eating them through the scene like it gives it more life like it helps it to be more real like have mm-hmm. do an activity have an object too that that's kind of like my little trick as well Also if
1: you're going through an airport and trying to not you know, get the attention of a TSA agent and have a prop so that you look more natural.
2: <laughs> yes, please come in like just with clown shoes. Oh my God, we would never look. We would be like, oh my God, such a law-abiding citizen. We yeah, gotta yeah, you yeah.
1: first. Yeah. So X, before we 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 log off this absolute joy of an interview, can you describe uh, American Auto in your words and tell uh, the audience where they can watch?
2: Um, So American Auto... Otto... Wait, In your words, breathe. fourth take, fourth take, X. Okay, because no, because the publicist, I don't want the people. <laughs> I, I can't lose my fucking job. You don't to. Wait, no, because they they tell us they tell us how to say it. Goddamn it. Hold okay, on but I want you to put
1: your X spin on it. Okay, wait, I don't see it. What was the name of the short shorts?
2: Oh, tarantaran. Yes, I want you to.
1: I want you to add tarantaran to the description of the show.
2: Oh my god, I need to put that in my bio. X. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Period. Okay, so I would say that America I can't find it. So I'm going to take my fucking shot and I pray that Mr. N, Mrs. B and Mr. C do not get upset with me. I would I say that you. American Auto is an ensemble cast comedy about a group of workers at Payne Motors who really try their best and continuously fail would say they really try their best to continuously fail I would say it's like it tugs at your heartstrings when it should and it makes you fucking laugh when you're when you should as well and I would also say that it is seven very distinct characters that you will all love there's somebody for everybody it's witty it's funny it's sarcastic and I would say too like it's something that's Fresh in the workplace comedy space. And it's made by Justin Spitzer. Like, fucking come on. He came from the office. He created Mm -hmm. Superstore. Like, he makes nothing but the hits. So I'm very blessed to just be on this platform with him and our producer, Aaron Kaplan, who has like no lie, 900 television shows. Like, he knows what he's doing. So the, the cast that we have is like all top tier, as well as the crew, our exec, executive producer, Jeff Blitz, who I will follow to the ends of the earth, the kindest human being. And they all worked really well with me. Like the cast is so kind, like everyone is so great. I'm just like, please make an investment and watch one of the best workplace comedies. It's gonna be our new favorite workplace comedy, American Auto, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on NBC. And the next day on the P and the cock, hello. Um, <laughs> And- <laughs> oh my god i hope i don't get fired for that
1: oh my god I th- this was an emmy acceptance speech and also you forgot to add da da da. so um yes. there we go oh <laughs> uh, x thank you so much you are an absolute joy and i'd love to see you when i'm
2: in la oh yes please come on we'll get green juice Runyon canyon we'll do the whole la thing
1: oh god hiking and green juices Let's get a beer and have some tacos. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna
2: say, We'll get tacos. We'll go to my mom. She'll make enchiladas, and then we'll have cheese.
1: I love this. I love that, that plan way more.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure.
0: <laughs> Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest.